Welcome to Lady BizWiz, where we help you focus, execute, and get results as you take your business from concept to market. Today, our episode is titled, Failure Isn't Final. We talk about how fear, perfectionism, and passivity can hinder your success and your willingness to take risks in business and in life. There's so many great nuggets here. So let's listen in now to part one of Failure Isn't Final. So we're talking about an interesting topic today. Um, we're talking about failure, and it's kind of a necessary, it's a necessary evil, right, Amy? Failure? Well, I don't think anybody can relate to that except for possibly me. <laughs> Please. Have, I mean, so I don't know. I think this topic has been running around my mind because I saw that quote, and I'm going to have to bring it up now to read it because it was so good. But it was this quote about if you, basically it was like if you never do anything that, if you never risk failing, you're just going to live a very small life. That was kind of the synopsis of it. Do you agree with that? Oh, I do. It's, it's something that I've, you know, it's not only something I agree with, it's something that I have spoken into my children from a very young age. And this whole idea of trying out for things and risking not making it or trying something new and risking not being good at it. And, you know, I really do believe if you don't try out for something, you have a 100% shot of not making it. That's right. So here's the quote. Here's the quote. If we only choose to do things we cannot fail at, we will let fear, perfectionism, and passivity rob us of our potential. We will reduce our lives to playing small. I think I want to talk about each of those today, the fear, the perfectionism, and the passivity, because I think that's all wrapped up in this thing of failure that so many of us fear. So I do you think you do fear it. I mean, obviously, who wouldn't fear it? I mean, failure doesn't ever feel good. It just doesn't. It's not a, it's not a place we want to bask in and sit in and stay in. So it doesn't ever feel good. So I do think we fear that feeling. Um, but I remember talking... Do you talk- think we fear the feeling more than we fear the failing? That's a good question. That is a good question. Both, probably. Just the, the feeling, the, the, I think there's a lot of stuff wrapped up in that fear, though. It's like, uh, maybe, I've let, maybe I've let myself down, maybe I've let other people down. Well, I think, you know, with the social media world, I think, you know, failure becomes megaphoned out, you know, where, you know, I mean, I guess 40 years ago, you, you know, you could fail more privately, maybe. Um, yeah, you think about some of the high-profile things we've seen of, of people messing up. And it's, it's, I spent a lot of time with my kids when they were younger doing this and watching them fail. So that basically I felt like I could condition them to understand that failure was part of the journey. And so when they got up older and they still failed, because you will fail, you will fail throughout your entire life, that they weren't, it wasn't such a cliff dive. Um, And I think that's part of the problem is we isolate ourselves to not fail, that when we do it's such a stark. Devastating. It is so devastating. How do I pick myself up? And and again, if you're conditioned that failure is kind of okay, when you do have failures, it's not this five alarm fire thing. It's like, okay, well, I can rely on the successes I've had to know that they're going to kind of balance themselves out. So yeah, I mean, I made my children try out for things that they weren't going to make. And, you know, we talked about it when they didn't make the team or they didn't. I'm like, if you really do want to make it next year for the next tryouts, you need to condition harder. You need to work harder, develop your skills more, try out again. And, and And yes, it was sad when I had to tell my son that, you know, on the sidewalk that he didn't make something or he didn't get into something or, and they cried and I cried and we cried together. And then, you know, we would work out something that was another path. And, you know, and of course, everything for me goes back to business. And, you know, you talk about a huge risk there. 
um, with huge potential to fail. I mean, the odds are honestly not in your favor um, in opening a business. Um, They're just not, statistically not in your favor. However, I think the reward of it for when you have success outweighs, in my opinion, that risk of failure. But yeah, I have failed at decisions that I've made. I've failed at businesses that I've owned. I have failed at relationships that I've had. And, you know, when I learned something along the way, but no, it doesn't ever feel good. And when I'm in that, you know, I always call it the desert. Um, I don't like the desert. You're thirsty in the desert. The conditions are harsh in the desert. It's nowhere I want to stay. I really want to get back to my lazy boy with my remote control. Right. But I can't get there unless I push and persevere through. And so in the failure, I learn a lot more about myself as a woman, as a business owner, as a mother, as a wife. I learn so much more about myself that I can then take and put into action in the future. Let's talk about some of the things that we can learn because that, you know, they, you know, we hear a lot about how failure is our, our greatest teacher and, you know, we, we do, we do learn a lot when we fail. What are some of the things that, that you feel like you've learned from failures? That it doesn't define my successes. Okay. Talk a little bit more about that. So if I win all the time, I don't know what it's like to overcome not winning. And if I fail, I feel like I can go back and look at other wins. And so it gives me what I need to get back up and start doing it again. And so I could give a list of my failures, but what real people really do see more than that about me are my successes. But with those successes comes this whole laundry basket full of failures So what I say is I'm not defined by those failures. I'm actually defined by those successes because that's what people see. They see me as a winner in business and other areas. What they don't see is what I failed at. And so that's the biggest joke. They're like, you can do anything. I'm like, no, would you like a list of the things that I have not done well or I have failed at? And they're like, you don't fail. I'm like, all the time. (laughs) So what if you're in a place where, you know, you have this idea and, you know, you, you have this dream in your heart about starting this business. But when you look back on your life, you know, you feel like you have failed more than you've succeeded. Because I feel like for you, you have, you have this idea that you definitely, if you stacked up your failures and successes, the successes, the success pile would be higher. Yes. So, so for someone out there who's listening, who feels like, you know what, I, I would love to start a business, but I just, I feel like I have failed so much in the past. And that's all they can see is the failure. They, maybe they don't see, they can't see the successes. Then they have to see the whys. Why did you fail? What did you not prepare enough? Did you not commit enough? Did you not work enough? Did you not, you know, create the, the space enough to do it? Did you not, you know, there's a bunch of things that go into to success. I mean, success does not come because I wake up every morning and it just rains down on you like, it, you know, no, it doesn't. So when I look at, you know, even when I look at the failure of my furniture business and, and I've had, I've had years to look at that, you know, what I've done is what, I, and what I clearly look at on that failure is it was a combination of a couple different things, some outside of my control, but some absolutely within my control. And they were just bad decisions that I made. I didn't think they were bad at the time. Nothing about them said they were bad at the time. But when I look back, they were. And the problem, I guess, if you're failing all the time, and I don't believe anybody's failing all the time, but if you feel like you're failing all the time, what are you doing when you look at those failures to make adjustments? Because yes, if you keep failing and just keep doing the same thing, I I do believe you're going to continue to have 
Right, repeat. that's the definition of insanity, right? Like doing that's the same thing say. over and over and not and expecting a different result. So, so the truth of so if you have a bunch of failures, you have to be really honest with yourself. And I guess that's probably the hardest part, is because the easiest part is to deflect and blame it on somebody else. It was this. It was the economy. It was COVID. It was. I mean, and you could, and the list could go on and on. Um, that's not going to change your trajectory the next time what's going to change your trajectory the next time is like oh it was covid but did i pivot or look for other opportunities to get through it and then be real honest if i did then i could you know i can keep going down that path but if i didn't then i'm like okay if i do this again how am i going to prepare differently um it's the same thing with my son trying out for a soccer team an elite soccer team that he didn't make the first time he went and i'm like did you condition did you give it did you do the parts that you and at the end of the day it was no at the end of the day he had more development to do now if we had not done any development in the next six months before the next tryout was he would have probably faced the same result right but if he wanted it we had he had to make not we because I can't condition him right he had to do it for himself he had to do it for himself and so what I posed the questions were was same thing where are you at committed to when you're in your training? Where are you at committed to in, you know, developing your skills? And, and you know, those are what's going to, I mean, the same thing. Your daughter just got the lead in a play and she's a great singer. But I mean, if she didn't continue, if she had not gotten the lead, you know, I would, I would, I would never encourage her not to ever try out for another play again because she right. loves theater. Right. But maybe she needed to hone something. And so if you, if you don't, see where why you didn't make it and make an adjustment you're yeah you're going to find yourself on the cycle of of why it doesn't work but if you're really honest with yourself and take some responsibility of why something didn't work then you know I think you have a better shot of changing your odds what about what about if the failure really isn't in your control what about that scenario give me an example oh I'm trying to think <laughs> trying to think hold on um well I'm thinking about parenting there's plenty of people who've been very good parents and their kids went off and made horrendous decisions okay and maybe so, they felt like you know maybe they felt like they failed okay well you are dealing with another human being that has his own free will his own free will so I mean you do have um some some things but I think if you look back on your parenting style was it too rigid and they rebelled against it was it too loose that they just didn't weren't equipped to make the right decisions was there a foundation um was there not a foundation I mean I think you can still look Mm -hmm. um back but yeah I mean with a human being I mean obviously they have a certain free will um that you don't control well and also with with those particular scenarios I mean you can't go back and, and change those things either. So that, that makes it tough as far as like adjusting and, um, well, well, yeah, I mean, those are, those are, you know, those, but I mean, if you, if you find that you're, like I said, I had a bad parenting moment, I guess about a year or so ago and my son wasn't doing, turning in, he wasn't turning in stuff in school is really what our, our problem was. He was a freshman and he wasn't turning in his work. And I wasn't eliciting the response that I wanted because I wanted this huge, um, you wanted some, some, uh, real remorse, remorse, repentance. I wasn't getting any of that. Um, he, he's a pretty straight laced kid. He's a good kid. Um, but I was frustrated to the max with him and we had been going through this like every quarter. It was the same kind of story stuff wasn't getting turned in. And, 
And I mean, I remember yelling at him and we were, because I I wasn't getting it. So I'm screaming and I'm screaming. And my husband, who is just super mellow, is um, not loving the way this is going. And he's getting more frustrated with me than he's getting with Andrew. So then I'm getting more frustrated with him because he's not backing me with Andrew. and, Mm. And it goes down to the point that we had adopted a cat and it's his cat and he loves his cat. And I told them that we were, I told him in my anger that if he didn't start turning his work in, we were returning the cat to the adoption agency where we received the cat. Now, I would tell you immediately, my husband walked out the door and Andrew started crying. So I got the response and it was a horrible response, but I got it. I mean, I finally got remorse and I'll do better. Please don't wait my cat. And I sent him off to his room crying. My husband's walking around the neighborhood, I guess, so he doesn't throttle me because he's not somebody who would ever harm me. But he's furious with me. And he comes back and he's like, I can't even speak to you. You're, mm-hmm. He goes, what you, what you did was just so wrong. And um, he goes, but you guess you got what you wanted. You got a response. And I went to bed that night. My husband's angry at me. My son's angry at me. And as I got up the next morning... My husband and I talked about it a bit. And he goes, he goes, you were just wrong. He goes, first of all, you are you 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 leverage something that you weren't ever going to follow through on. He goes, so you did it to elicit a response. And he goes, and your your response when you didn't get the response you wanted, your response was to was to basically go for the gullet and hurt him, hurt his emotions, and you did it. And and he said, and you, and he goes, and that's not the way you get somebody. You've got to still have consequences, but that's not the right consequence. And um, I was upset for him not backing me up. And he's like, I could never back you up on something like that. That's mm. not the right decision. And so when my son woke up the next day, I sat him down and I had to apologize. I mean, I apologized for making a very bad decision as a mom, failing, I guess, as a mom, you know, that his cat was always going to be safe. We would have other consequences for him not turning in work because work still had to be turned in. But that was an unfair um, punishment for, um, to really, because I wanted a reaction. I, I just wasn't getting the level of con- contrition. Is that the right word? I think that is a good word. Um, that I was looking for. And I had to apologize to him because I was, I was wrong. And, and he was, my son is very quick to grace. And he says, you're thank he goes, thank you, mom. And he goes, I forgive you. And, you know, when hugged and, you know, and I created a, a safer space for my child. Um, again, I mean, he still has got to do what we need to do because that's what I told him. I said, at the end of the day, I said, when you go to apply to colleges, this does count and nothing that I can do is going to make a difference. And I said, so you will, if you continue to not turn in your work, you will not have the success that I think you could have if you did turn in the work. But at the end of the day, it will be Andrew's life as what he, and he's not going to go to college or whatever he wants to do, but he just may not get into the college that he wants because mm-hmm. he didn't put the effort in. And so honestly, I feel like that's kind of every which way. Did you put the effort in to get the results that you wanted? And to some degree, I do think you have a part to play. There may be other forces that are working around that you don't, but I think you do have to be honest that you have a part to play. Um, even with things like your children that you don't necessarily get to control. That's a great example. Um, gosh, I probably have a hundred examples of that too, but I think you're right. I think, um, taking responsibility for your part is so important. And I think human nature is to deflect and to blame. Like you said, you could have said, well, I mean, in that moment you could have said, well, you know, 
if he, if he would have just said he was sorry, or if we've said this so many times, you could have made excuses for that behavior, but instead you kind of owned it and you apologize. I think that, you know, it's Well, important. you know, I do own my behavior. I mean, I've had bad days. I mean, really, I mean, where it's like the last, you know, the person that ends up getting the shorter end of my, my stick, I guess, is not really the person that is, that has kind of created that in me. And so I've just kind of leveled, you know, had it and had it and had it. And then, you know, you just happen to be the one that walked in at the wrong time. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, but, but I think personal responsibility is something that we don't want to spend a lot of time working on because it's so much easier to figure out why everything else went wrong. But what I would say is if you are finding yourself in a cycle of things not working out, the common denominator becomes you. Um, so if you've gone through five or six jobs and they're always a bad manager or always a bad boss or, or five or six spouses and they're always, you know, they're always, again, at the end, it really, you become the common denominator. And if you've gone through several businesses that you've tried and they've all not working, I would say, take a deeper look at you. Now, I'm not telling you not to risk failure. I'm a huge fan of risking failure. It's, I'm probably more comfortable in the space than most people. Um, at least that's what people tell me because they're like, you, you do seem to kind of charge the, the troops and kind of move in there and you, you do risk failure. But again, I feel like I have my, my successes are higher than my failures, Mm -hmm. but if my successes were not higher than my failures, again, I become the com I become the common denominator in both. I'm the common denominator in my successes as much as I'm the common denominator in my failures. Right. Why? Um, and I'm really not somebody that does a lot of deep introspective work on myself. I don't read really any self-help books. So, if, you know, if that's something that you're into, great. It's just not me. But I am just a really real person with people. But as real as I am with people, I am equally as real with myself. Thank you for joining us today on Lady BizWiz. Tune in next time for the second part of Failure Isn't Final. In the meantime, feel free to reach out to us with any questions you have or any ideas for future podcasts, questions at ladybizwiz.com. Thanks so much and have a great day.